Welcome to the Pirates Overboard Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Ostwick, joined alongside Jonathan Luters. We are two grad student athletes that will sit down with Seton Hall athletes to get to know them more on a personal level. We're going to talk to them about their athletic career, academic goals, and what it's like being a part of the Seton Hall community. We are excited to do this across the year as we touch into each sports community. Make sure you go follow us on the Pirates Overboard Instagram page to get the latest news on upcoming guests and highlights from shows previously. So Jonathan, who are we talking to today? Phoebe Hampson has gone through it all leading up to her junior year in 2023. Hailing from Cheshire, England, she has played for numerous clubs in her home country over the course of her soccer, aka football, career. Phoebe has been a super utility player for the Lady Pirates, learning on the fly multiple different positions to help best contribute to her team, a valuable asset to any coach's roster. On this episode, you'll understand why Phoebe is considered, according to her coaches, a quote, gem of a kid, end quote, how Phoebe came back stronger than before from a tough injury, why she prefers calm music before a big game instead of loud hype music, and what in the world Phoebe's swing celebration is all about. A communication major and public relations minor, she discusses advice she would give to younger pirates on how to get internships and connect with other people in your desired field. Phoebe is a phenomenal representation of Seton Hall University, and we are super excited to have her on board with us today. So without further ado, Phoebe Hampson. Nice. Yeah, it's very excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. awesome. That is that is amazing to hear. So let's 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 get into it. Let's talk about it. So um this season, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind. Three and one uh, right now. You you scored your second career goal last night, which is which is awesome. Um, describe to us some parts of the game last night. Obviously, a tough loss, three one to LaSalle. But uh, describe that goal and describe the game. Yeah. So the start of the game, the first like 30, 40 minutes. Honestly, we were, like thirty minutes. We were on the back end of the game. Um, they were coming down our throats, and we needed just a bit of like a change of momentum. So it was nice to get that goal. Um, we had a corner come in, and Skylar had a great header. Um, and the keeper made an amazing save. And honestly, I don't want to sell myself short, but I just tapped it over the line. <laughs> um, hey, goal's I a goal. A, I had a header like just before that happened um, from Caroline. She did a great cross in. And again, the goalkeeper made a, a really good save. So we, I guess, got unlucky that the goalkeeper had a good game. Like, we... If everything went our way, we probably could have come away with a tie, like a 3-3. Sure. But honestly, we probably didn't deserve to win that game. Um, they were a strong side, and they came out, and they, it was their day. It wasn't our day. What are, what are some, of the, some of the takeaways from the game that you guys want to improve on for your next game against Marist on Sunday? I just think starting out strong, we have... We have a big board. The softball team did it last year, and mm-hmm. they put all their goals on this board. Um, so one of our goals is first and last five minutes. So first five minutes of the game, last five minutes of the first half, first five minutes of the second half, oh, and the last five minutes of the last half. So yeah. if we can start them period strong, then hopefully we can take that in. To If we start the first five, then hopefully we can take that strength into the rest of the first half, and then same with the second half. It's kind of just like breaking it up into segments to make it easier. Instead of looking like, oh, yes. we have all the half or all game to kind of score. Like, all right, break it up in these small sections. We win this section, all right, I'll carry over the next one, correct? Exactly, yeah. Got Makes it, it cool. more achievable and easy to, like, break the game down, as you said. And, and look at it like yeah, thinking from the outside in, as a swimmer and you playing baseball, 90 minutes is a really long time to run around. So 
definitely breaking it up into those um, five minutes uh, definitely is a great impact to think about it like that for sure. Um, we talked about it kind of at the beginning, travel-wise. You went to LaSalle on yesterday. What was that, Thursday? And then Sunday you're traveling up to Marist. So what are some strategies you you do personally to get yourself ready for all that travel? Um, Red Bull. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's been the... The one I've started doing this season. I know my housemate Ella, she got me onto Red Bull. That's <laughs> um, just anything I can do to like keep myself psyched up because we're on a coach for two, three hours. you got to stay energetic. Mm-hmm. You want to be on your feet. You don't just want to be sat down for two or three hours. So I guess just trying to stay like mentally ready, but also physically ready. Yeah, is there any like a big coffee drinker in the morning? Oh, huge coffee drinker. Oh, so you have the coffee, then the Red Bull. Yeah, the so then you're all you're all like ready to go. Three coffees, a Red Bull, <laughs> and then I'm ready to go. Got it. Very nice. And, and so you talked about mentally. What are what are some of the things mentally that you're keeping? Like, are you music? You watching a show? Just chatting up with teammates? What What are you doing to stay mentally sharp? I like to to chat to people on the bus on the way there. Um, yeah, music's always a good one. I don't really watch shows. I don't have the uh, the data on my phone for that. So. Uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. Is there any uh, like pregame song that you're like, I gotta have this song. Like I'm listening to this every time, or just whatever music, or not so really as much. Everyone listens to really like hype, upbeat music, but I always get like very nervous before games. So I like to listen to calm music. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Anything, anything like calm Taylor Swift. <laughs> there we go. That's awesome. There She's definitely yeah. top of her game, and uh, that's yeah. in terms of the music industry. So that might translate over exactly. a little bit. Just think of, think about all the stadiums she sold out this summer. If I can be the Taylor Swift of the soccer industry, then then I've made it. You're doing a lot right. That's the case. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we will definitely take that. And talk to us about you've had a couple teammates win Player of the Weeks this past week. Uh, uh, Natalie Tavana, Offensive Player of the Week. Morgan Fadasowicz. Uh, winning goalkeeper of the week and Lily Camacho winning freshman of the week. Talk about those th- those three players and um, what have they done kind of to earn those spots these this past week? Yeah, I mean Natalie had an incredible game against Binghamton, I believe. Mm-hmm. She got three goals. I mean, of course, she wins an award for that. She deserves it. Of course, um, she is like a fundamental player to our team, to our program, and we couldn't do what we do without her shout out to natalie yeah mm-hmm. shout out to natalie every every single game like that girl is on it awesome um like huge member of the team uh morgan it's nice to have a goalkeeper that you can trust behind you and mm. someone that gives the team some like strength and direction she's a grad student so coming in she's got some good leadership qualities which is nice to have. Sure. and then lily freshman of the week she deserves that so much she's been she's been so good for us this season that's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. I was gonna say, like, what does that look like as a freshman coming in for like what is July? You all are coming in together, kind of meeting each other the first yes. time, right? How do you get that freshman acclimated? I know you're being upperclassmen now and some yeah. other of your teammates. How do you get them acclimated so quickly to kind of the college environment? You're kind of thrown in there. What are some of the keys yeah. that you do as an upperclassman helping them out? So, I mean, we're all with each other seven days a week, so that helps. Mm. And then there's a big freshman class, I think there were nine of them. So <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, so they're, they're spending a lot of time with us but and each other, and I think it helped that there was such a big group of them because they can always rely on each other, but they can always rely on us. Like, if they need anything from the store, like an upperclassman can drive them to Target, 
but if they need anything, they will have roommates on their team. And sure. I think right. that's a big part of it, just like the community of the team. Like everyone helps everybody. Yeah. Right. So like we kind of touched on it before, but what are some of the things you guys are doing to prep for Sunday? Like give us like two key things that if – uh, we fix this from LaSalle, this LaSalle game, we can have a really good chance of winning on Sunday. I think connecting passes and switching play, that always helps. Um, just moving the opposition, making them more tired, and starting out the game with energy. I think energy wins games. If you're the team that has the most energy, you've, you've won the game before it's even started. Mm -hmm. If you're warming up well, if, if you're clapping the most, if you're cheering the most, it, it scares the other team. And that kind of goes into like the, the segments you're talking about, like winning the first five minutes and then the yes. last ones. Like you have the energy in those times, mm -hmm. like that yeah. carries over the rest of the game. Yeah, I always have a thing, and it's like you win your first tackle. Because mm. like mentally, if you win that first tackle, you've started the game with success, and then you can carry that on. Absolutely. Makes yeah. Sense. yeah, that makes total sense. And that's. Um, so that's definitely an important part of any game and even for you guys in baseball I can imagine that first winning the first inning is important getting up to a hot start even uh, with us at swim just you know it's a long grueling day where it's it you're there from 12 to 5 but like winning that first event is good to see as as a team like hey like let's let's keep it rolling here yeah, it's kind of like a Kickstarter or a Red Bull. A Red Bull, exactly. So yeah, cough, morning coffee. So whatever, you're, whatever caffeine of your choice. Yeah. So. so, talk to us about soccer as a whole for you. Like, what got you started into soccer? Um, was it a family member? Was it um, just you got almost thrown into it? And excuse me, not soccer, football. Uh, made that mistake with James last week, but it's football, not soccer. But like, how'd you get into football? Um, was it a family member? Like I said, was it, you got thrown in at a young age and you said, Oh, I love this sport. Let's continually do it. Um, so yeah, talk to us about that. So I have an older brother, Marcus, he's probably 26 now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess he played and I always wanted to play and be like him. So I started playing when I was about four. Um, and then ever since that, I loved it. I played for a boys team growing up and all my best friends were like, the boys on the boys team oh, and it, so it was so fun and at that age I was just as physical as them and sure I was just as strong just as fast so it was it was fun to be in that competitive environment where I was able to play with the boys and there wasn't really a good girls team around at that time so it was nice to have people that I could compete with and then as I got older I got into academy playing football so I played for Manchester City for one year under 13s and then okay. from there I actually got dropped from the academy and I went to Everton's academy which turned out to be a great move because Everton's academy was such a better structure, the environment was very good, it was just the similar distance from my house which obviously is a big thing for mm -hmm. my parents having to take me. Sure. Um, so I played in that academy for five years. And then I also played for the Wales national team from under 15 to under 19. That's, so that was that, that's amazing. So when did you decide during that like 15 to like 19 age that you wanted to go and play, whether it was at that next level, whether it was college like you are now or like professionally over in England? Like when was that decision made for you? I would say when I was about 
16 or 17, I was like, okay, I want I want this to be something. and I want this to continue in the rest of my life right. and be like a big part of what I do. I don't just want to stop. Um, and then I saw people older than me coming to the US and playing in college. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. You get to travel the whole world and play. Um, and with the national team, I'd been to Serbia. And I'd been oh, to, wow. We played against Denmark and played against crazy teams from all over the world, but being able to come to America was always a dream. So which was your favorite national team to play against when you were over in Europe at that age? Uh, we played against France one time, which I thought was really cool because France is see a big name, mm -hmm. especially in women's football. Sure. Well, and men's football, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think we ended up losing the game like 4-1 or something, but... As a small, so I played for the Wales national team, and Wales is just a very small nation. Mm -hmm. So for us to at least compete against a team like France is is a pretty big thing. Right, that's awesome. And I guess with all the experience you've had playing in Europe, that kind of led to you want to okay, I, I've actually I've, I've kind of been there, done that. Is that kind of like the vibe you got, and then you go to America, or is it something more of like okay, I've seen other older people, as I mentioned before, going to America, they get an education, they come back. Is that kind of the route that you wanted to go through? It was it was kind of a bit of both. Like I'd seen people go, and actually, I, I think I now want to stay in America. Awesome, um, awesome. I hope my mum doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can cut that out. It's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I'd seen a lot of people go through the academy system in the UK, and then mm. either get cut or they play semi-pro and it doesn't work out. Sure. Or they go professional for a year and they realize. I could be making more money just working a regular job. Right. So I thought, let's give America a shot, see yeah. what happens, and I'm having the time of my life. So. Yeah, we're uh, we're so lucky to have you. You're a great representation of the university. So thank you for what you do uh, on the soccer field and off soccer field, off the pitch. Excuse me, a little <laughs> language thing here, but um, but yeah, that that's really cool. Really cool. Glad you came with America and more specifically Seton Hall. Yeah, it's amazing to watch you guys play, uh, and you of course uh, play, but. What is, I'm going to go really quick, one more question back to talking about playing internationally. Give us a, a, a memory of your favorite, like you said, France. Was that the biggest atmosphere you played? And talk to us one game that like is like ingrained in your memory that you're never going to, never going to forget while playing internationally. Okay, so we, we have this tournament called the Bob Doherty Tournament. Mm -hmm. um, okay. It was the under 15s team we were all very young but it was the first big tournament we went to and it was england ireland scotland and wales so it was a very competitive match because like we're all so close but we all hate each other <laughs> um and we got to the final of this tournament which hadn't been done for like years and years i don't even know if we ever won that competition and then we got to the final we ended up winning 2-0 and I, I scored the second goal and oh, nice. it was it was such a, like, a proud moment to score a goal for my national team. Nice. Um, and all my It was Easter at the time, all my friends and family were at home and I can't remember if it was my brother or my dad but someone had the Twitter notifications mm -hmm. and they went into the room with the rest of my family and they were like, guys, Phoebe scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was so surprised because I don't really score too often so... Yeah, that was crazy. Um, there was also a game that sticks out for the wrong reasons. We lost we lost the game against Denmark. I think it was 
Oh, and oh, then small lines don't happen too often either yeah. in football. Um, so to lose a game like that, it hurt a lot and it will stick in my mind and I, I never want that to happen ever again. Yeah, yeah. and so when making that decision to say, okay, I want to take, I want to play football at the next level, what was, was there teammates that made that, that trip before you that you kind of contacted before to see what it was like playing in, uh, in America and playing at the college level? Or was it kind of a decision that you kind of made on your own? So there were people older than me that I didn't know too well, but I knew through friends of friends. One of them actually came here, Abby Roberts. Okay. Yep. Who, and she yep. graduated last year. So I'd, I'd heard of her. Like She was very well known. She used to be the England captain. She was, she was a big deal. Yeah. Wow. She was here. Now remind me, when you were getting recruited, was that the middle of the pandemic or was that just before? I think it was the middle of the pandemic because I remember the old coach saying the players were training, but they were wearing masks while they were practicing. So you didn't have an on-campus visit at all. You kind of just had that one or two maybe FaceTime meetings. That's that's incredible. Yeah, a couple of FaceTimes and then I, I came here to America for the first time. Wow, yeah, that's a... I can't even imagine that. So I, I give people a lot of respect because I've, I've heard it kind of a numerous, not a numerous amount of time, but a few times people like cross country or out of the country and they don't have the opportunity to see Seton Hall. It's a lot of trust and faith just to go and like, I hear a good reputation about the school. I have teammates and friends or whatever that go here and then I'm going to go there too. So I have a lot of respect for you for doing that. That's a lot of the swim and dive team. Ooh, like there's a, there's quite a few freshmen this year. Like we have this one freshman, uh, Toma, who's from Romania, and he was on a couple calls with our head coach Derek, and then he signed. Like Gideon Langenbush, who was another guy. Like during the pandemic from Germany, we never, as like a team, never saw him. But like he had a couple phone calls with some of the teammates, and and he decided to come here. So, going off that, what were some things that Seton Hall highlighted? Obviously, Abby Roberts uh, being him being uh, an aspect of that. But what were some other things that made you choose Seton Hall? I like the fact that it was a, a small university, small campus. I'd be able to walk. I knew that I wouldn't have a car. Yeah. Obviously, that's a bit different over here. You drive on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's nice to be able to walk to classes. Um, I don't know, the whole American system where you can change your major, I guess, was was like a draw to the, at least the country. Interesting. Um, and I like the color blue, so it's like <laughs> Was always gonna be a good fit. That, that's an important factor, right there. Yo, you got yeah, the blue. You gotta get the colors down. Yeah. When I first wanted to come to the U.S., I, I had a map of the country and I, I crossed out all the states that were like too hot or the ones that were landlocked, and I wanted <laughs> so to go funny. somewhere a bit cooler, somewhere on the coast. Mm-hmm. And then Seton Hall kind of came to me. That, that that's amazing. What what are some of the the differences in culture that you see between the U.K. and America? that you have noticed being here? Um, the fast food. Mm. I guess it's more of that. Everyone is really obsessed with different holidays, like Easter, Halloween. Halloween's huge. Mm-hmm. And everyone gets these huge um, like decorations up in their house. Right. Everyone changes the themes of their house, the entire <laughs> house, depending on the season. I think that's crazy. That someone's house could be green for Christmas, and then the whole thing's orange for Thanksgiving. 
<laughs> so, so do you embrace this like at your house do you guys like do the same thing like oh we need christmas decorations or we need oh we, halloween we do christmas but we do christmas and leave it at that is it <laughs> do you leave it up for a while afterwards or no like all right like well christmas is there now it's it no. once january hits it's a new year it's we, new, oh, we just man. go back to normal <laughs> oh man i don't know some of the houses around here keep up christmas until the end of january <laughs> yeah. and their trees are going out like february 1 I, i've seen that around here yeah. Like, it's crazy. Some people still have Halloween lights. Yeah. That, that's the Christmas it, lights, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, there's, it's it's interesting, like, why that is. Like, some people are so into, like, one holiday. You can go down the street and be like, all right, that's the house that has the the big flowy device of, like, a, <laughs> yes. I don't know, a pumpkin or whatever. Yeah. And then they transition over them pretty soon. It's like snowman. So it's, yeah, it's Well, I can't. I'm to blame for this. Uh, when we first, me, uh, Walker Para, um, Ross Pantano, and Jason Lee moved into our house we uh, put up Christmas lights for Christmas and they didn't come down until April. Um, <laughs> not just because like we wanted them up, we just didn't want to take them down. So laziness on us, I guess you can say. Um, but they just, they didn't move. And like they still light it up in like March and, and April because we couldn't find the controller to them. And it was, it, the whole house also was like covered in lights. It was, it was something. So I guess I can be... Um, somewhat to blame for that other than the like you said driving on the other side of the road is a big cultural thing what 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 else like um like the fast-paced movement is that something that you enjoy like i know like being in the new jersey new york area like it's incredible have you seen any other parts of the country where you're like wow it's like really mellowed out over here compared to new york new jersey we've played a game i can't remember which state to be honest but i remember I was in the airport at this particular away game and some guy was wearing a, a cowboy hat but usually when people around here wear cowboy hats it's like for a theme mm -hmm. but this guy was like unironically wearing a cowboy hat and I thought wow like this is a different part of the world really isn't it yeah yeah it changes like so much like you can go to the midwest and like everyone's just very like relaxed and like laid back and then you come here and everyone's in a rush to try to get somewhere which i always find funny i've done a couple road trips here and there and it's like it's a completely different animal yeah yeah and it's it's, it's incredible so let's let's talk about some of your stuff throughout your career here as a, as a freshman you suffered an injury talk to us about that injury um what did the recovery look like and how did what what did you do to get yourself back on the field yeah so the injury was it's called compartment syndrome so mm -hmm the muscle tissue when the muscle contracts the tissue swells too much mm -hmm. um, and then it pushed against the nerve in my left calf and it just caused a lot of pain like every single time I would run mm. and it meant that in games after 15-20 minutes I would be in so much pain that I would have to ask to come off the field which is obviously not uh, what yeah. I want to be yeah. um, so <laughs> I ended up going for surgery end of freshman year mm -hmm. I think it was May and preseason's August, like the start of August. So I had two months after that to get ready. So over summer, I couldn't really run that much at the start of summer. I had to gradually build into it. And by the end of summer, I think I had one or two weeks of like actually being able to run before I came back to school. Wow. And then we came back to school, new coach. Oh, wow. So it was like, this guy's never even seen me play football before. And now he's going to be like judging me on my ability to play. Sure. But I've only been able to run properly for a week or two. So yeah. I'm not very fit. 
this is going to be like a big struggle. And and it was, like sophomore year was quite difficult in that sense. But, I mean, I managed to get through it. My leg's completely fine now. So I, I guess I just had to trust the process and get through and I'm in a much better place now. Yeah, that that kind of adds a whole nother level of stress because the coaching change and the coach doesn't know you beforehand. Yeah. That's a that's a big factor that people don't really look at. And then like on top of that, like once you're, you're back, you're kind of like, all right, like, I, I went through that injury and I had I missed some time and it's like you can kind of get in your head that way a little bit so yeah but the fact that kind of got through the back we're, we're glad about that as well so yeah that's good yeah it's great to hear that you're completely fully healthy so during that sophomore year did it kind of affect your playing time in ways especially at the beginning but during the season where you gradually had to get back or was it something where um by like mid-october where things were feeling good and you were kind of playing your full minutes yeah, so when, so we get back in August and our season is so quick that if you don't come in fit, then it's very hard to catch up to the speed of everyone else because during the season you're still getting more and more fit because you're playing six days a week. So I came in not as fit as I wanted to be and like these these things happen. Um, so I, I tried my best to like, get back up there and I was getting fitter as the season went on and I was slowly catching up to everybody else but I would say it, it probably did affect like some of my playing time I was lucky like, Josh the coach uh, gave me a good chance I think I played in every single game last year um, and I got some minutes in I had a, like a slightly different position that I was used to but I was like this this new coach he's given me a chance he's put me on the field like I'm just gonna do everything I can to stay on the field and do my best and work my hardest so what was it like learning that new position for a while what what position was it and what went into learning it kind of on the fly so I was the center forward um last year um and I guess I just had to talk to the players that played there previously just feel the game out I mean I've been playing football since I was four so it, it wasn't completely unfamiliar but it's still different to playing a position that I know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, especially I feel like on the college level where you might be playing against someone who's now maybe, let's say hypothetically is a senior, who's played that position for four years and coming in and kind of learning it on the fly, so to speak. So now it's your junior year, everything, like you said, feels back in the swing of things, back in the position you played your freshman year? No, but in a more similar position to freshman year. And I feel a lot more comfortable this year. In the position How so? I think I know my role and responsibility better because I've always been more of a defensive player, and right now I'm a defensive centre mid, mm-hmm. and I feel like I can see more of the field. I can connect passes better. I think one of my strengths is being able to keep the ball, playing passes, but also tackle, win the ball back in the midfield, and I think being able to be more of that defensive player and. I'm defensive-minded, so mm-hmm. being able to win the ball back in the places I do and create is is a lot better for me. Yeah, so creative and and kind of being a defensive anchor, yeah. the, the kind of to summarize it up in a, in a sense. So scoring your second goal yesterday is is incredible because you're that defensive anchor and stuff like that. What was we kind of talked about at the beginning, but like what was it like? Scoring that second goal now, knowing now knowing more of your role on this team, what was it like scoring that second goal yesterday? Like, tell t- describe to us how you feel. 
there were a lot of mixed emotions because at the time we were 3-0 down. I was I got a goal and I was hoping that I would like build the momentum up, get back into the game. It did build the momentum up, but unfortunately we we weren't able to get another goal. Um, but getting another goal it gave me the confidence I think I needed to go forward. I think I've had 10 shots this season and seven of them were on target and to be able to finally get one in the back of the net was sure. yeah. a very nice thing to do. Yeah, it's kind of like in, I know for the baseball fans out there, it's kind of like once you get your first hit, all the other ones start going. It's like yeah. probably a similar concept. Like once you first get that first one, like, oh, finally, then it's yeah. kind of like much easier to get shots on net and get in the back of the net even. So. Yeah, that is for sure. And we talked to the head coach, Josh uh, Osit about your game and he said quote you're a gem of a kid now we have one thing that we want to talk to you about last year when you scored a goal you had a little bit of a celebration where was it a golf swing a cricket swing or a softball swing which was it okay so initially it was meant to be a baseball swing oh okay nice. but then golfers were like nice swing to me so <laughs> now it's just a swing I just, uh, it's just, just a, swing. a general swing. Phoebe swing. It's just a Phoebe swing. swing. Oh, <laughs> love that. It was so fun. When I was, I was talking with Josh and then Haley and Noel. Does that sound right? And yeah, they, yeah. they, they're awesome. They were such so kind people, and uh, they, they're like, yeah, we, we weren't really sure. It was cricket, baseball, golf, or any other kind of sport with a bat. So you have yeah, to ask me about that. It was just bad form. That's, <laughs> that's all it was. No, it was unique form. It was Phoebe form. Phoebe so there form. we go. Nice. So I will say I did get to see Phoebe swing a baseball bat at the WSOU PSN softball game last year. Oh, not to bra- not to brag, but WSOU did win the game. Just just saying, putting it out there. It's okay. I know Phoebe's a part of PSN. Uh, me being a part of WSOU, we're gonna run it back next year. We won eleven to seven. A little bit controversial, but have you worked on your baseball, your softball swing? For this upcoming game back in May. Yeah, so I'm really good friends with the softball girls, and we go out and <laughs> play softball together. I was on the field with Amber just the other day, um, and she's always being like, "Oh, Phoebe, do this with your elbow. <laughs> that is so Do funny. this with your swing." So I'll yeah. be back next year. Oh, so what I'm hearing is that WSU's gonna have to really bring out their A game. That's what uh, I'm this, saying, okay, yeah. oh, that's what I figured. I don't think about any other student athletes that are besides the softball or baseball team in the cages getting tips and all that. So I guess I'm gonna have to hop in the cages then. Yeah. Um, because I will admit, last year a lot of WSU representation at the softball game last year. So only got two at bats. First one, little little ground ball, the shortstop, nothing I can do. The second one, a rope to center field. So I think I got to hop in the cages. That's the Phoebe swing, by the way. The Phoebe swing, the rope, the center field. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Um, when I when I when April comes, I'm stepping in that cage. You're gonna help me with some soft toss, please. Because I need to. I we need to win. WSU need, needs to win that game. I'm sorry, Phoebe. No PSN title this year. I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of the Phoebe swing. You might have to go to her, not me. Okay, so. I'll go to I'll go to Phoebe then. Yeah. That is for sure. So let's let's go into some of the academics because we are student athletes and the academic side of things is important. Um, as as we all know, is at one point or another, sadly that athletic career will some point come to an end. We got to use that uh, degree that we have achieved. So, as a communications major, what what are some of the things that you're aspiring to do in your career? So. I'm also a public relations minor, okay. and I've been looking into public relations. I did an internship this summer at a PR firm. They're, I think they're the largest 
broadcast PR firm in the UK, which oh, is awesome. cool. They're called Marketers. Um, so I did a four-week internship with them. I went to London for a week, which is really cool. Um, so just like putting, get my foot in the door in that sense. Um, and I'm taking a class this year called Sports PR. Mm-hmm. And the professor, I've only had one class with her so far, but she was so interesting and she knew all these people and she had all these stories and she'd been to all these Grand Prix and soccer matches and it just sounded incredible. So I think I would love to go into the sports side of public relations, hopefully working with like an athlete or a team, something like that. That would be awesome. Who was the professor? Give him a shout out. Can't remember her oh, name, oh no. <laughs> but she was an amazing lady. We'll have to do some research. So shout, shout out to that anonymous uh, woman who's doing a good job. And yeah, I have a feeling I know who it is, and I'm drawing a blank on her name. She runs, I think the um, she runs the new sport uh, center of sports. Okay, um, which is a new kind of initiative here to kind of get every everyone in, like people that want to be involved in sports media uh, an outlet. Like that's where like events were like. In the past years, we've had A Rod come to campus. Oh, it's, it's it's that um, department, not department, but like that. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's those people that are running that to get those people on campus. Cool. Um, yeah. Talk to us about the marketeers. What were some of the things that you had um, that you were doing over the summer? Um, describe to us like what it was like to like be an intern for that company. As you mentioned, one of the biggest companies in the UK for public relations. It was definitely a very unique experience in the sense that I've never really had a proper job like that, like a formal job. I've done like serving, catering at weddings and things like that, but Mm. this was the first professional environment desk job. And I think I want to be somewhere where it's more active, like working in a sport environment, more fast paced. Um, It was definitely very exciting to see all the campaigns that come into life. And campaigns of companies that I've actually heard of. So there was one for, you know, CeraVe, the skin care, the moisturizer. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there was one for Flora Butter. I don't know if that's big over here, oh, but it's like it's I've a heard huge of it. butter brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a car company, Nissan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You say Nissan, right? Yeah. Yeah, they had they had um like a Formula E thing come out. Oh, that's which cool. Which is really cool. So it was it was awesome to be up front with like all the big campaigns and things that are gonna be in the news and I was working with the BBC and Sky Sports and things like that um, but definitely I'd rather be in the sports side of things was there any like specific project that you got to work with them on that like you can use in the future being now a junior and a senior like is there a skill that you learned that you're gonna take with you uh, through your career there were different softwares that I, I learned how to use. So if I ever work for a company that uses the same software, at least mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a head start. Sure. Um, but I was only there for four weeks. I wouldn't say there was anything crazy that I learned or I was a part of. I was, I did a good amount of research for the CeraVe campaign, but aside from that, there wasn't anything huge. Yeah, e- even with that, though, like the connections you make at those places, four weeks or eight weeks or whatever, is still like valuable. Yeah, so exactly. no matter like even if, if you're learning a certain skill, that's great. But just the connections you make with one or two other individuals pays yes. dividends down the line. Yeah, that that is for sure. So we just finished the full first week of class. 
Um, what are so, what are you telling some of your freshman teammates that are getting into those those classes and maybe a little overwhelmed with some of the coursework and stuff like that? What what did, what what are some of the things you're telling them to just like kind of keep them at a level head as it's, as the semester goes on? Obviously, the workload goes up, but like, what are you what are you telling some of your freshman teammates as they finish up the first week of class? Just stay on top of your work. Make sure you do the readings because professors like to pick on you. Um, yeah, make sure all the homework's done because we play two games a week. We travel a lot. We don't have tons of time. So yeah. maybe rather than watching your favorite show on Netflix one night, just just grind it out just for like just do a, it. an hour a night, something like that. Yeah. Just keep on top of it. You don't want to have a game and an hour before the game be submitting a piece of work that you yeah. should have done last night. Yeah. Right, and like that kind of James said the same thing of like he getting on top of your stuff. What are some of the strategies that you use to keep on top of your stuff? Is it uh, is it having an agenda? Is it having a calendar with everything printed out? Um, what 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 are some of the strategies you, strategies you use? I I think I check Blackboard or Canvas about three times a day. <laughs> uh, there's definitely better strategies that I could could take, but I always make sure that. I do the work pretty soon after I get given it. Mm -hmm. um, and I take a lot of online classes because oh, especially nice. while we're in season, I'm, I'm taking two online classes now and I don't have any class on Wednesday. So I'm like, okay, Wednesday, I do all my on cl online class work and get that handed in. And then if I have extra time, I'll do homework for the other classes. Nice. So I try and do that. Yeah, that's smart. I think it's really good if you can schedule or for student athletes or any students to have a day just for no classes, doing yeah. work, do whatever else you need to do. It's really important. It's very valuable yeah. within the week. So I agree with that. Kind of just like a, kind of like a busy day. Like you think as oh, I'm not going to have class, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to still have practice still, but like setting that time of, okay, uh, like I know for me, like this semester, I don't have class Monday or Tuesday as a grad student. So like those two days before practice and between practice, it's like get that homework done so that when it comes to practice time, I, that's the main, the main focus. Uh, of of just getting that stuff done and being ahead of schedule like like you talked about. So really quickly get to go back to your internship. Now that you've gotten one, what are some tips that you would give um, really anybody like looking for an internship and stuff like that? Use your connections. Um, and if you don't have any, that's also fine. Just email and email and email. Like get on people's butts. If, if they don't get back to you straight away, email them, tell them it was really nice to speak to them. Just do everything you can to make an impression um, and be very polite, I think. Is it, that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is for sure. And uh, like Roberto and, and all them downstairs really kind of set up programs for that, which is nice. Like that's where I learned a lot of my stuff like um, to like send back emails right, right away. I, I, like it, it seems like very obvious, but like you have someone sitting there like, okay, this is how we kind of get to that next level yeah. and getting those, uh, internships or those jobs, like doing everything little possible to really get you to stand out. Um, so going off of academics, this is a segment that we like to give to every person on the podcast. It's called advice to a pirate. And now you've now you're a junior upperclassman. Uh, you talked to us about your injury that you had your freshman year, had surgery, came back, um, had to work things through during your sophomore year. 
now as a junior getting full playing time. So what are some pieces of advice that you would give athletes that may get hurt this year, may have gotten hurt in the past? Um, what are you telling them as they take time to recover? Just keep your head up, trust the process. I mean, your body naturally heals itself. So I think it's a very powerful thing. And if you just trust it, like your body's working with you, it's, it's trying to heal. You want it to heal as fast as possible. Just, it takes time. Like, accept the fact that it takes time. Yeah. Like, there's only a certain amount you can do and do whatever you can do to get back as quick as you can, but just trust the process. Yeah, that's, I think that's the best way to put it. So moving on, let's go to our walk the plane questions. And this is honestly me and Jonathan's favorite segment because these, these are the questions that we're going to just throw at you. They, they could be anything. Um, you never know what's, what's going to come your way. So you got to think on your feet a little bit, but it also still revolves around you. So for our first one, are you ready? Favorite pregame meal? A chicken pesto pasta. Oh, wow, specific that, on the dot. Yeah, wow. that sounds amazing. I, I that sounds amazing. Uh, favorite football player? Um, Erling Haaland. Why? He scores so many goals. <laughs> that's that's fair. Who is the funniest teammate on the Seton Hall women's soccer team? Um, Abigail Hall. Interesting. I think a lot of the teammates would say you as well for that, uh, just from what I was talking about. Uh, so obviously you can't say yourself, so Abigail. Uh, shout out to her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is, you kind of mentioned earlier, you, your favorite artist, but what is your favorite pregame song to listen to? Any T-Swift song in particular? Um, my favorite Taylor Swift song is Enchanted, so okay. Okay. I can go with that. Yep, nice. Good. If you could have a meal with any soccer, uh, football athlete, uh, past or present, who would it be? Lionel Messi. Interesting. Why, why Lionel Messi? He's the best of all time. What would be one topic that you would bring up to him at that dinner? How are you so small but so good <laughs> yeah he's doing amazing right now at uh interim miami last last one describe your play style in one word why because games get so hectic that sometimes you just need some composure and you just need to be calm and keep the ball and set it especially at the college level when everything's so fast-paced sometimes you just need to relax and just connect the pass like you don't you don't always need to force everything yeah that's a really mature answer that's awesome uh i think for someone that's a younger player to hear that from you would be great because sometimes you get too caught up in the moment mm -hmm. or you get too flustered and you're all over places but it's, it's all right calm like this is a fast-paced game if you can slow it down the better you'll do so yeah. i like that answer that's awesome yeah beautiful is there anything else uh that you want to talk about here before we kind of wrap things up uh, for today's episode, I think I think you guys covered covered everything. Thank you for having me. Awesome. No, thank you for for being on. We want to make this a podcast where we want to show and highlight uh, all the really good Seton Hall student athletes here, and all the fastest academics on the field, off the field, and everything in the community. And you do that. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for being on. Really appreciate it.
Yeah, Happy we day. appreciate you uh, so much for being on. And uh, that will do it from us, from uh, Justin Osterick, Jonathan Luters, uh, Phoebe Hampson. Thank you for coming on uh, tonight. Uh, we'll be back next Monday uh, for our next episode. We're going to go over to cross country next week. So that's going to be very exciting. Make sure you go follow us on Pirates Overtime. A lot of cool stuff that will be going out there, uh, whether it's audiograms, whether it's graphics, a lot of cool stuff there. So make sure you go follow that. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>